0: Well, that was awesome. I loved singing with you guys and worshiping the Lord together and we 're singing with the angels on that one by the way right that 's the the one that 's going to go on forever and ever. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come Amen. hallelujah it's pretty fun to be alive these days um, as a christian i 'm so thankful that God called me aren 't you thankful that God Called you, that he spoke to you, he stirred your spirit, and you were able to respond to his call, and that he saved you, and he took you from death to life. He took you from the life uh, stuck in our sin into a life full of his freedom. And I just encourage you um, these are pretty good days to be alive. These are, in fact, really good days to be alive. Uh, you can just tell you can sense it that people are hungry for something more and and bigger and better than just uh, what this world has created Um, I think people as much as we have turned to created things and forgotten our Creator I think there are a certain amount of seekers in our community who are ready to seek they're seeking they're looking for some they've tried the created things right they've tried all the things that we've invented and created and I think they're ready to try the creator once again and we're gonna be there with the good news of Jesus Christ to say you want to know your creator well he wants to know you and we'll get to share that and by the way just encourage you be ready for that be ready for that in your families be ready for that in your workplace be ready for that in the grocery store be ready for that at the local diner to be ready to just shine the light of Christ to love your neighbor as yourself and to be ready to give A testimony to give a story of the good news, the hope that is inside of you all because of Jesus Christ. We have a lot to share about Ghana. We're not going to have time to share it all. So this is just trying to skim off the top and and get some things that we could share with you that would um, uh, hopefully maybe stick with you and things you could take home with you as well but the team i I just want to thank you for how you encouraged the team you guys sent us you sent us well you sent us in your prayer we felt your prayers every day you sent us with money you guys helped provide uh, financially for each person that went on this trip through fundraising and different events thank you so much for how you helped you would have been so proud of this team. Uh, I'm still just giddy when I think about this team. I heard them share first service and it got me going all over again. How wonderful they did. How beautiful it was what God did in Ghana. What God is doing in Ghana. We're gonna talk about the prenatal clinic, we're gonna talk about the orphanage site, we're gonna talk about some abstinence teaching we did, a chastity program, we're gonna talk about some street evangelism that we did, which was pretty wild and and pretty exciting. And then also we're gonna share about the ten services that we did while we were there. I think I said last week one of those services started at 10 PM, finished at 3:30 in the morning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But before I start, I also wanted you to know that Jacob is doing well. Jacob misses you. Jacob is very skinny, so if you contact him, remind him to eat his protein bars. But he's doing such a good job over there. We had a huge miracle happen, answer to prayer this week. Uh, we actually prayed for this while we were there, and then I just found out this week that his mother is going to visit him in Ghana. So that's a miracle. I, he's just so pumped up about this that his mom is going to be stepping off the... I mean, anybody, they have your mom visit you. Uh, how amazing is that? So a huge answer to prayer uh, for Jacob and for all of us. Also, I wanted you to know, um, we interviewed six more pastors while we were there uh, we have two churches now in Kumasi, LifeSpring churches. We also have a LifeSpring church in Accra. And most of these, five out of the six, uh, we weren't able to bring them in at, at where they currently are. They need some Bible training, Bible school, and uh, we're requiring two years of Bible school. Uh, so five of them are committing to go to Bible school. One of them, uh, Pastor Mary, we brought her into the fold, so to speak, uh, to be a pastor at LifeSpring. And so it's really exciting to see the growth there and also just the churches that are being planted i think one of the pastors i've told you was the head of security for the president of ghana and um so he would be the one kind of like the secret service so they go ahead of the president to make sure everything was safe and he's trying to retire really hard so he can completely dedicate his life to the ministry and to being a pastor and he told me while i was there he goes I, how many it was just this crazy number of churches he was wanting to plant in Kumasi and and we had to try to rein them in a little bit. But just on fire for the Lord. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the prenatal clinic. I had a video. The video, it just didn't work out. It's sideways. So you all have to be like this watching it. But uh, just a short summary of the prenatal clinic is uh, the building um, is really taking uh, form and shape. Uh, they've done a lot of work on it. So we now have two exam rooms. Uh, each exam room has a sink. And then we also have a receptionist area. So visually, you go through the doors. Uh, of the glass doors to the receptionist, and then we have the two exam rooms. Now, there's nothing in the rooms. Uh, We don't have the funds yet to be able to provide anything in those rooms, but the building part of it is uh, now complete, which is really exciting. We hope to be able to open up that prenatal clinic by the time Jacob leaves, which is in June. Also, the um, caretaker's house at the orphanage, the orphanage site which is in Ajobi, the village of Ajobi. this is now what the uh, caretaker's house looks like. So you can see that there's uh, a roof on it now. Uh, aluminum roof and walls and those types of things, uh, which is pretty exciting. I'm going to show a video in just a second where I kind of freak out It's just because it's the first time I had seen it. Uh, so you got to bear with me with my excitement. But um, this is in the town of Ajobi. I have a couple of pictures of Ajobi. Um, this is actually uh, the town where in 2013, when Ray went back, and Ray hadn't been to Ghana for a long time, he went back in 2013. This is where he found... Uh, Reverend Maxwell, and Reverend Maxwell was very sick at the time. He was very alone at the time, and Ray went out to the small village, and it really is a small village of Ojobi, and found uh, Maxwell and said, Maxwell, God's not done with you yet. He still has work for you to do. Uh, get up and come with me. And so, almost everything that we're doing over there is one year two years old uh, the church itself uh, the one in Accra uh, started at the end of 2014 so it's all very new uh, the orphans that he's taking care of all uh, in in the recent years uh, that has happened but here's a couple of pictures of a, some cute kids in a Joby um, and then I think I have another one as well just adorable kids um, really amazing uh, people over there but Here's a video of us finding the uh, orphanage uh, caretakers. Well, we made it back to the orphanage site. We got everyone with us. Only one dead battery stop. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Got William with us and Amos with us. Maxwell's back there with Evangelist Amon. Oh, Jacob, look at Jacob, Jacob, say hi to everybody. Oh my goodness, look at it. It looks totally different. What? Oh my goodness, I'm freaking out. That's awesome. Wow. Get out. No wonder Amos wants to live here. Dude. Wow. Awesome. And then uh, here's another video of us praying at the site.
1: Bring up what your will is for this land, God, and just continue to reveal it to us um, and fill us
0: up with strength to just take the steps you have for us. Pay attention to the guy in the red. So the guy in the red, his name is Amos. And Amos, while we were there, he agreed to actually live at the caretaker's house, uh, which is really exciting for us because that land needs to be farmed. It needs to be cultivated. Uh, We'll get some sheep on there. Not sheep, uh, goats on there. We'll get some chickens on there. Uh, we already had a successful bean crop this year, which is really exciting. Uh, and now with Amos there, uh, he'll also be able to oversee the construction of the actual um, orphanage. And with the orphanage, um, eventually we want it to be a school. We want there to be a prenatal clinic there, um, all those sorts of things. But uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. Yes, I'm freaking out in that video, but you also got to remember uh, 12 months before that, when I walked to that land, it was just anthills. There was nothing uh, on that property. Uh, it was completely uninhabited. And to see what God is doing is pretty exciting. So um, at this time, I just want to talk about a special boy. His name is Kevin. You'll see him there up on the uh, screen. So Kevin, uh, I think he won all of our hearts. Uh, he is... Um, the son of the security guy at our church. If if you want anything, the last in Ghana, you need a security uh, guard. And so he lives at the church. Uh, Kevin, uh, the, his family don't have eno- doesn't have enough money for him to go to school. And so he was there every day with us. And Cheryl spent a whole lot of time with him. Ryan spent time with him. Kelly spent time with him. Very special kid. Um, very uh, smart as well. Um, and he, he grabbed us in a big way. We did a lot of puzzles together. We did a lot of coloring together, but I wanted you to see him, uh, cause I, if I could ask you to commit to praying for him, just pray that the Lord would be close to him and be with him and to lead him and lead his family. His dad has the biggest smile you've ever seen. His mom doesn't get to live with him. She uh, lives in another town, uh, working, uh, somewhere else, but she would come every couple of days and visit her husband and visit her son, Kevin. But at this time, I want to go ahead and invite Kelly up to uh, talk a little bit about the training. Would you welcome Kelly in her amazing dress?
2: (laughs) So I'm pretty excited. Last service um, that picture and Kevin made me cry when Dan was talking about it and I got to come up here with like tears coming down my face, but I made it without crying this service. Um, So while we were there, we went to three schools, and talked about, um, it's a program called Universal Chastity Education, and we, the, the purpose of it is to create different, like, clubs inside the schools where there's a teacher in charge of it, and, um, and they get more information about it, and so we just kind of came in and gave an, a brief little overview of some of the things that they're going to learn, uh, Ryan talked about HIV and AIDS, I talked about abortion, and Cheryl talked about love and marriage, um, and so, let's see, this is the first school that we went to, um, and after we got done talking, they, we would invite the, whoever wanted, whatever student wanted to come and be a part of the club, um, would kind of come up, and they'd write their names down, and, um, and they'd form this club. And so this was the group of students at the first school that we went to who wanted to join this club. And then this was actually the last school that we went to, um, which was kind of a spur of the moment decision. Um, You learn quickly in Ghana that things are done on Ghana time. And so there were days that we were supposed to do things that we didn't do things. And then there were days where we weren't supposed to do things that We said, get on the bus. We're going to go to the school. So this was one of those days. Um, And since it was kind of a last-minute, spur-of-the-moment thing, they just kind of had all the kids come out and stand outside, and we kind of yelled at them, essentially. But it was really cool, and they were pretty excited about it. And then this was the second school that we went to. Um, This is only probably about a third of the students that we talked to. And I'd say probably, more. I mean, more than that, signed up to be in the club. Um, and we were actually at the school two days. Uh, the first day we were there talking to them about um, giving our little spiels. And then the second day was when we invited them to join the club. And um, that was a really great school. That one was a really... They were really cool, and uh, we actually got to go into the younger classrooms and hear them sing to us and hand out candy, which was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole trip. So, um, this is Reverend Maxwell, Bishop Maxwell, um, in his boss t-shirt, which was just really cool, and he would, every time, um, after we all got done speaking, he would get up and kind of paraphrase everything that we said in Ghanaian terms, which uh, there were some things that were more graphic than what we would tell American students, and there were some things that were less graphic than what we would tell American students, but he, being someone who was Ghanaian, knew the culture and knew what to say that would make it make sense to them, and so that was really really awesome getting to have him kind of get up there and say these. this is what these crazy Americans are actually saying. So so that was really cool, and that was a big, huge help, um, and getting to see their reactions to what Maxwell was saying was very comforting for us to know that this is actually going to benefit somebody. Um, This is a picture of, this was in one of the younger kids' classrooms. Um, I guess I was kind of caught... Peeking during prayer because I took a picture of them peeking during prayer. (laughs) But it was really cute. So um, that was really touching for us. Um, So these two guys were pretty much with us the whole trip. They went everywhere with us. Um, Amos is the guy in the tank top, and then William is the guy in the hat. And Um, about a year and a half ago in one of my many conversations with God about Africa that I've had in the last decade um, you know I was concerned about my safety it was one of the things that I was fearful of in this calling that God had for me and he said don't worry I'm going to give you lions and I just assumed that he meant people going with me I'd be taking lions with me to Africa um, but apparently there are already lions in Africa. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it was probably about the third day when God had to kind of point that out to me that these were my two lions. Um, just from the get go, um, I just felt very safe with them. I would trust them with my life. I didn't go anywhere. You could ask Dan. I didn't go anywhere unless one of them were going with us. And the really cool thing about it is that Amos, um, you know, this was something that God told me a a year and a half ago. And when I told, I told both of them kind of like that they were my lions and that this is what God had said. And um, it was really cool for me to get to tell Amos, you know, God knew you were going to be here even before you knew God. And so, which was extremely encouraging for him. It was extremely encouraging for me, and I hope that that is something that encourages you all. Um, and then this beautiful woman is Millicent, and she, we had a lot of downtime. Um, I mean, we did a lot, but we also had a lot of downtime, and so it was extremely just amazing to get to get to know these people on a personal level and become friends with them and encourage them and she was a woman who um, was pretty much with us every day helping Sabina cook and do laundry and um, she's just amazing. She has, her husband is a pastor. They have two beautiful twin girls named Helen and Helene and um, they just, they're so so kind. They're probably some of the kindest people that I know. Um, she, they also have this other probably like 11, 12-year-old boy that they've kind of adopted um, whose mom died, and so they're paying for him to go to school. One of the things that, she's ta- that she talked to me about was trying to figure out how to pay for Kevin to go to school. Um, and I saw where she lives, I mean her house is probably the size of well smaller than the size of the stage and so just the things that with a little bit that her and her husband have this is their heart and this is what they want to do and um you know so just pray for these people they have such a strong desire to know God and to follow God and and you know Christianity and God is very twisted in God. It can be very twisted. And there's such this desire for truth um, in a place that's filled with false prophets and false doctrine. And so just pray for these, these people that just desire truth and desire to do the will of God.
0: So we are walking the streets, telling people about Jesus. Um, It's pretty cool. People are willing to listen. And we keep going. Keep walking. Pastor David, Pastor Hayford. And it is very hot
3: <laughs> Good morning. my name's Cheryl. Uh, most of you know me. Um, so we got to do some evangelizing. Um, was it four or five days? We did. We would go out and um and we would go out there would be three of us. there would usually be two Africans and then one of the missionaries, we would go out by threes, and um, and basically, uh, let's see, I was with Pastor David and then William, and what we would do is we'd go up to people that were, usually they were outside sitting doing laundry or cooking or um, doing something, and, and it would go something like this. Mipaocho, um, saying wahoyey. Tanasi, Madasi P. Wute Wute Americani, Madasi. So they would invite us in, and they would always. Um, this was a big stretch for me. God was stretching me as I shared first service because um, if you would have told me that I was out knocking on doors or or going from hut to hut, I would have said that you were crazy (laughs) because around here, people will barely open the door for you, let alone go around and and witness for the Lord. So um, the thing that was very different about Ghanaians is that they wanted you in their home, and they would bring chairs for you to sit down, and they would invite you into whatever their home was, because a lot of times it wasn't really a home, but they would set out chairs for everybody, and they wanted to hear about the Lord, and a lot of them were reading the Bibles when you would get there, and um, so it was an easier stretch for me than to be rejected, because these people were very accepting and, like I said, wanted to hear about the Lord, so we would sit down, and we had scripture that we would read, so I would read the scripture in English, and then um, Kofi or Pastor David would translate it in tree, and... um, And then after that they would tell them where the church is and invite them to service and um, then they would ask them if there was anything that we could pray for them for and so um, then at the end I would get to lay hands on and they were so open and so hungry to be prayed for and to have hands laid on them to pray and so like I said it made it very easy for me to do this evangelizing and it became like the favorite part of the trip for me like I really looked forward to going out and evangelizing with these people it was it was fun I got to be in their world and and see their culture and and experience their love that they had for us just to invite us into their home so um, this this last oh, for, one it, just uh, yeah. is an example uh, well, mm. Mm. those uh, are the tracks uh, So that was the portion of the evangelizing. And again, it was an amazing experience and became my favorite part. Um, And then there was one of my little, one of my favorite stories is um, on Valentine's Day. So there was four girls that were, at the um, compound there was three the orphans and then um, precious which is um, Sabina's daughter so um, Valentine's Day came and because I didn't have my boys around I needed to do something for them so I had gone through my jewelry boxes and other friends jewelry boxes and brought stuff for the girls to give them so I had made these little cards and put them in envelopes and put stickers on them and wrote Happy Valentine's Day and before they went off to school in the morning I gave them these envelopes, and I put little pairs of earrings in them, and um, so I was watching them. I went back into my room, and I was watching through this cement block so they couldn't see me, and so they were holding up this envelope because it was very pretty on the outside, and they didn't know how to open it. They thought that that was just their gift to them, so they were holding on to it just like it was just this precious... Little gift. So I saw this, and I went out to them, and I said, go ahead, Doreen. Doreen is, um, she's 14, and I said, go ahead and open it. And um, so she wasn't quite sure, and I showed her how to open it. So she was opening this envelope like it was a piece of glass, just, just with this appreciation and this gratitude and this careful thing because she'd never opened an envelope before. And it just reminded me, you know, how we need to remember in just the littlest of things to have appreciation and gratitude for all the blessings that we have because we take so much for granted. So, so they all opened them and it was just like, it was like I gave them the best Christmas gift they could have ever had. And it was just an envelope decorated with pretty pink stuff, but inside was a pair of earrings for them. So, so that was a, a, one of many stories that touched my heart. Um, I want to thank all of you for sending all of us on this amazing trip. Um, we have an amazing Pastor Dan. He is amazing. So, such an amazing shepherd for us. And without a good leader, we, we wouldn't be what we're doing right now. And I just so appreciate him. And, um. If I didn't have two children back here to come home to, I would have stayed in Ghana. I fell in love with the country. I fell in love with the culture. Um, There is everywhere you look, you see God. You see God. Everybody's business is named something that has to do with God. Uh, You see scripture. Some of their businesses are, you know, Isaiah. I mean, you see scripture on every single vehicle. You see God. You see Jesus every single one. God was so tangible. And you could feel the love from these people who had nothing. You can feel the love of God. And so it was an amazing, life-changing experience for me. And I just thank all of you so much because it I got to fall in love with God again through the people of Ghana and come home. And not only do we have things that we can help them with but they have a love that we get to bring home and try to reintroduce it back into a place where God's been taken out of so many places so thank you so much
0: Ryan Chavez nice shirt <laughs>
1: Hi, guys. So I'm Ryan Chavez. Um, And I just want to start by kind of reiterating something Cheryl said. Uh, Just thank you so much for your prayers and all of the help getting there and just everything that you guys did along the road for us. Um, A huge thank you to Pastor Dan. I remember, uh, you know, I talked about my testimony there. And the first time that I realized that God was speaking through someone to me was when Pastor Dan talked to me. And so it's just so powerful um, getting to go along that journey with him and with the rest of the group. Um, But I wanted to talk to you guys about the church out there. And, you know, at first I walked in. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, You know, I come here. I know how long the average church service is here, what I'm going to be doing after the church service here. There you have no idea. So we walk in, and uh, they were like, oh, as guests, you guys, you know, you sit up front. So they've got us right next to this big speaker. The first thing I realized is they don't understand how loud they should turn up their speaker. Um, it's either off or it's loud. There's just not an in-between. And uh, so, you know, we were, uh, they were starting worship, and then the next thing I realized was I don't think anyone there really plays an instrument. I think they just hop on instruments and go for it. Which is totally cool. Um, but it took some getting used to because I'm sitting there and this guy's singing pretty soft and then he just belts it. And it makes you jump when you're in the middle of prayer and someone's just screaming. And uh, so it, was, it took some adjusting and then I realized, I'm like, how cool is this? They don't care about how it sounds or how they look when they're doing it, or anything other than they just want to praise God and they want to be vocal about it. They want everybody to know what they are doing, because I guarantee you walk down that street and you're hearing them. (laughs) And it was just so cool. They didn't worry about like what time church ends or what they're grabbing for lunch after church, anything like that. They just want to praise God. So we would be in there for three, four hours at a time. And it was just crazy. We did an overnight service that was 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. And uh, it was just, it's crazy. It's just unreal to me how much faith comes from Ghana and how much I took from it. I know when I first got there, I was kind of, I was like, okay, God, where's the miracle? What was I sent here to do? Um, And I kind of had that mentality. And, like, two days in, I started getting a little, like, sad. And I was like, okay, like, why'd you send me here? And I guarantee that I took more than I left. Um, So if we want to show the first clip, So they just love to dance and sing. Everyone's got a tambourine in hand, and uh, it just—it takes them getting used to because they'll sing the same song for 20 minutes at a time, and they love it every second of it. So if we could show the second video, it's the same song. was such a powerful moment talking to bishop maxwell because he uh he mumbles a lot so it's really under or it's really hard to understand what he's saying but you know when you talk to him that he is a strong man of god and you feel it when you know he put his hand on me to pray and didn't understand a word he said but i felt it and it was just so powerful to see all of that and realize to them it this is not Church, this is just continuing to live a life of God. Um, And, you know, there was a guy there. His name's Osu. And uh, that was one of the most powerful moments for me is I walked in and nothing, uh, like Kelly said, nothing starts on time in Africa. So I got there like five minutes early and I was like, I've got like 20 minutes. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. And I walk in there and there's Osu by himself just walking up and down the aisle with a tambourine singing to God. Something I would have never thought to do. You know, I would have gone, I would have sat, I would have been quiet and just prayed to myself, but he just wanted to sing out to God. And there's just, there's so much you take from that, and there's so much you take from their culture and the love they have for one another and how much they really love God. It just shows me, like, you know, I preached out there one night, and they... I had seen on TV this guy talking about, like, I had a car I was embarrassed of, and God told me I want you to have a Mercedes. And he started uh, preaching on TV, and he goes, and God wants all of you to have Mercedes. And, uh, you know, it's so easy to get into that crooked mindset out there because that's what they have. That's their, you know, experience is what they see on TV. But these people didn't want Mercedes. They just wanted God to touch their heart. And uh, I think there's a lot we can take from that in America. So I'm just, yeah, just thank you guys again for the opportunity. Amen. Exactly.
0: And then uh, this is a picture. Uh, we were able to minister at the Foursquare Church in Accra, the, the main uh, headquarters there. And uh, that was pretty special as well. We're still praying that we could be a part of Foursquare over there Uh, so we're continuing with that relationship and it felt really good uh, when we were there that was our first opportunity to minister with a Foursquare church and it it felt good Uh, so uh, just keep on praying for that as well Um, the stories that they're telling um, like I said so much of this is new Osu um, in October he was ready to give up on the Lord in fact he came to a service and later in testimony he told me that was the last service he was ever going to go to And yet he was sitting there, and while we were ministering, the Lord spoke to him. And now he is one of the pillars of the church there all the time. Amos, the man who's going to be in the caretaker's house, he wasn't even a Christian a year ago. A lot of these people uh, were not following the Lord, walking with the Lord. And now um, to see how God is using them, and uh, it really is a life-changing experience to go. I would just encourage you to um, give Ryan and Kelly and Cheryl just you know, big hug or boy, you know, that kind of thing, because um, they they really did just pour out of themselves uh, so many opportunities to take offense or to get grumpy or to be irritated and those types of things. But we didn't have to deal with that uh, on this trip. It, it was just incredible how each one of them really rose up uh, to, to be men and women of, of God and women of faith. And, uh, we just saw some incredible, spectacular things. I also wanted to just celebrate you guys. Um, I, I mentioned for service that Maxwell is—he's actually kind of sick, and I noticed that he was um, really quiet a lot of the time. And and he's just—he he wrote me an email. I said, Maxwell, I said, it looked like you weren't doing so good, and so he started opening up. He said, I didn't want to ruin the spirit of the team. I didn't want to ruin what god was doing but a couple of times i go into his office and he was just laying down on the floor and um and he, he's just he's, like he said some half the time you don't even know what he's saying and yet he's just a godly man and uh, so i said that to the church i said hey you know he needs to go to the hospital he doesn't have money to be able to go to the hospital i, I said you know to be able to have him do the full checkup on his liver and kidneys and everything is about 200 250 dollars and first service uh gave that amount. So I'm going to be able to tell Maxwell that he's going to go to the hospital and, uh, and be able to get checked out. So I just want to thank you guys for that amazing generosity. But also, um, I hope it challenges us. I just hope this challenges all of us on our lives, you know. Not everyone's supposed to go to Ghana. Um, some of us are. Some of us, you know, no, right? It's not about going to Ghana. It's about saying yes to God. It's about uh, being that child of God that says, here am I, send me. And wherever that looks like, you know, for each of us to obey the Lord. Um, we have families, we have workplaces, we have schools. We have a community that, that needs the love of God and needs a people who are willing to... Um, kind of just rise up in faith, you know, not live by offense, not live by our hurts, not live uh, by rejection and those types of things, but just to live by the grace of God that is on our lives, to live by the love of God that he's shown us through his son, Jesus Christ, and to obediently do what he's asking us to do. And that's what I love about LifeSpring. I, I have been dangerous to be around the last couple of months because I am so excited about what God is doing in this church and through this church but yeah isn't there a part of you that just feels like it's only the beginning I feel like I said it during prayer it was such a weird thing to say at the 815 prayer but I said it's like a buffet line and we stopped at the first dish you know the the taste the Lord that we tasted that first dish and we just kind of stopped but I feel like he wants us to keep on going to the buffet line, to really taste the Lord and see how good he is and, and to experience him but also share him with others. So church, if the Lord is stirring that within you at all, I just want to pray for you in this moment. And, and I know that it's not for everyone. I get that the road is narrow, right? I, I get all of that. But if there's even one person in here today whose heart is being stirred to leave this place different than they came in, to leave this place living for the plans and purposes of God... Um, I think then it's a pretty good day. So I want to pray for you and if that's your heart let's just trust that as we draw near to him he draws near to us. So Lord we are here to come before you God we come before you as little children as sons and daughters for anyone who does not know you in a personal way for anyone who is yet to accept your son's sacrifice for their sins Lord I pray that today could be the day that they choose yes to you. God you make it pretty simple. You say all we have to do is believe we just have to believe in you Jesus confess you as Lord and Savior believe in our hearts that you actually did what you said you did and we are saved and so right now if that's you I would just tell the Lord that just tell him I believe in you Jesus I believe that you are who you said you are that you and you alone were able to take away my sins and give me a new life with you forever I also pray for anyone here Lord that is just filling that sense of calling, filling that sense of uh, a God, uh, someone greater than them, the creator of heaven and earth, calling them that God in this moment that you would give them the faith and give them the strength to say yes to you, God. Lord, the reality is, so many of us, life has hit us hard and we've been beaten up and, and the words of others and the actions of others and life circumstances and evil and even some of our own choices have really taken us down. But Lord, I just pray in this moment that that we would no longer be defined by circumstances or situations, but we'd be defined by you, God. We'd be defined by your Son and the blood of your Son, the sacrifice that paid it all, that did it all, that when you died on that cross, you said, it is finished. And we could stand underneath that finished work of the cross and trust in you, Jesus, that nothing is going to separate us from the love of God that is found in you, Jesus Christ. No height nor depth, not life or death, nothing will separate us from your love God and as you have loved us we can love one another and I just pray that over this church Lord I love being here I'm so excited this is a good time to be alive 2017 it feels like it is primed for your spirit to be poured out like never before and I thank you for that God that your spirit is poured out through your sons and daughters your church is made known your body is made known your head and your hands and your feet and your mouth they're all made known through your kids through your children And so I just pray, Lord, in this room, and I don't know who I'm praying for, but whoever it might be, Lord, that might want to just today say yes to you again. Yes to your plans and purposes again. Yes to committing to you again. Yes to sacrifice again. Yes to giving up and taking up their cross and and even saying, God, may I decrease so you, you might increase. Whoever that might be, Lord, may you respond to their cry. Would you respond to your children that are raising their hands and saying, God, Daddy, God send me here am I use me for your plans and purposes and that God as they leave this place they do not have to leave the same I believe in the transformative power of your Holy Spirit I believe that even now you are working by your spirit in us and through us and Lord for anyone who is seeking today anyone who is desiring your presence you are faithfully pouring into them right now Lord I pray for anyone who is yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit who knows you by name or who know you at an intellectual level but is yet to see you move in a mighty and powerful way in their life I pray that today that dam would be broken that today they might give you permission to move like never before and that Holy Spirit you would take residence but not only residence you would begin to move in power that instead of you just being in the room kind of across the room laying on a sofa and me on this side of the room that God you would be actively involved in my life in this room right now and if that's you today just call upon the Lord call upon the Holy Spirit to move in your life yes he's already in the room but you have to give him permission to move and breathe and and live inside of you to teach you to train you to guide you to be the one who would give you what you need to live for him today so if that's you today just begin to call on the Lord and he will fill you up and Lord for anyone I just pray healing in this room Lord some of us uh, we are in shackles and the shackles uh, they're just the issues of pain and the issues of sickness and the issues of suffering Lord but I just pray I pray that those would no longer be excuses for serving you, God. That we do not have to wait till we're healthy to serve you, God. We do not have to wait until we're not addicted to pornography or addicted to the different things in this world before we serve you, God. That, God, you have called us as we are, who we are, to come to you, Jesus, Lord. I pray, ask for forgiveness for any pharisaical attitude or religious spirit that has been in this place that has shamed younger Christians, that has condemned baby Christians, that has put the law on Christians. Christians a law that they themselves could never stand under and yet we have imposed it upon so many Christians lord would you break us from that today lord instead would there be freedom here today that we are not defined by our past we are not even defined by our sin but right now we are defined by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and that today even as Paul who once was a murderer of your people that Paul when he was knocked off his donkey and blinded by your spirit lord you called him into plans and purposes that were not his own you them to reach a whole people group, the Gentiles, to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. I pray that some of us today would be knocked off our donkeys, we would be blinded in the name of Jesus, and you would set a course, Lord, set a course that did not exist yesterday, that will come into tomorrow and forever and ever. I pray that, Lord, for this church, Lord, again we repent of any areas where we've gone astray. We repent of any area where we have condemned people and where we have imposed the law upon people, and instead, Lord, we want to stand in the freedom of Christ, it is for freedom that you set us free. It is for freedom you've set us free, Lord. And may we be the ones that can say, he has not set us free to indulge the sinful nature, yet we will use our freedom in Christ to serve one another in love. As for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me in this church, this body of Christ, we are yours, God. We declare as a collective body, here are we. Send us The harvest is ripe. The workers are few. We're praying to the Lord of the harvest. Send more workers. And Lord, this room is full of power-packed, amazing people. All that will use uh, truly the gifts and talents you've given them for your kingdom and your glory. We rise up in faith to say this in your wonderful name. Amen.